0: Good morning, the reading this morning is Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12, can be found on page 1003 of the Pew Bibles, 1003, Mark chapter 2. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, This is the word of the Lord.
1: Hey, give me a second. Does anyone have one of those friends or family who come into your house and they like move all the furniture around and they start tidying up. Anyone who kind of like they spot the picture on the wall one second, this is slightly sketchy that's slightly on the wonk, and then they slightly move it. Does anyone have that? No, yeah, okay, just me. cool um so. That leads me to my first question to kick us off. And I wonder, when do friends become family? When do you think it is? Turn to the person next to you real quick. When do friends become family? Give them a quick answer. What do you think? What is it? A couple of little things. Anyone got any ideas? Someone shout me out an idea. What are you saying? When do friends become family? I'm going to pick on some people I know. That's all right. It's all good, Helen. Yeah. 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 When they come to your house, they open your fridge door. They get, the cu- they get the milk out and they make their own brew. Sorry, northern thing now. It's a brew, not a cup of tea. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. So when they come and make their own drink, anyone else got any thoughts while we're going rounds, Yeah, go for it. Church family, yeah? Anyone else got any thoughts? When they do the washing up. I love that. That is a true friend. Uh, big up for dishwashers. Um, cool. So for me, I was thinking about this. And for me, I think when friends become family is when you journey together, right? When you go through stuff, when, when life is maybe a bit tough or, you know, or they reckon after seven years, if you've been friends with someone, I've been married seven years today, by the way. And when, you, uh, when you've been uh, friends with someone for over seven years, they're like a friend for life. They become family, right? And for us up in Blackpool, um, we talk about family a lot. We call church family. We are kind of in. That's what we do. Everyone mushes in. We get into the mess of life, and we, and we do life together. We figure out what it is to follow Jesus together. And we have a load of blokes uh, in our community. And we were like, okay, what do we do with these guys? How do we kind of go together? How do we go deeper? And the way that we did that was we went on a journey We did this thing called XCC, Extreme Character Challenge, four days in the wilderness with carrying your stuff. Um, They don't tell you where you're going. They don't tell you where you go literally until like the week before for the postcode. Um, They like uh, give you your rations and then don't tell you how long it's lasting and you go and you go on this journey and it's amazing the conversations that you have, isn't it? When you walk with someone. At St. John's here, you guys do the pilgrimage that was, it's now called The Journey. You go on that, and as you chat with one another, your relationships deepen, don't they? Friends become family. People that you've never known before become friends, and you start to dig in and share life. So today's story, we hear about these, these five lads. And these five lads, they go on a journey together. And I'd love to know their conversations. They've heard about this guy called Jesus, and Jesus has been going around his community, um, going around their kind of area, and he comes back to his community, to his people, to his home. And these lads hear that he's been healing. So they do their logical thing. They grab their mate. I'm going to call him Dave. Dave is paralyzed. They grab Dave, not literally grab Dave, he's on a mat. Um, they grab Dave on the mat, and they take him, and they go. And they go to where Jesus is going to be, and they see the crowds. Has anyone been at a gig where you're like, you really need a wee? And you're like, I've got to push through all of these people to get there. Someone nodding, I like that. Um, So you get there, and then you have that awkward thing. I've got to try and get back to the place that I was before. It's well awkward, isn't it? Because people are trying to figure out if you actually are being honest or not to where you are trying to go. Yeah? So I'd imagine it being like that for these lads. And they go in, the four of them and Dave, through the crowd, pushing through. And they arrive at the house and they see they can't get through the door. So like any normal person, they decide we're going to climb up on the roof. and We're going to make a hole in it. So they get to the ceiling. They get to the roof of this house. I'm not quite sure how they got Dave up there. I'm sure it is a scene. Um, And they arrive. And at some point, as they're ripping the ceiling apart and the, the little bits of wood are falling through, they would have had this kind of peekaboo moment in my head it made me smile and they have this peekaboo moment where they see jesus and they lower dave down the paralyzed man down in front of jesus and we read verse 5 and verse 5 says when jesus saw their faith which is proper interesting when jesus saw their faith he said to the paralyzed man son your sins are forgiven Could you imagine you've traveled all this way to get your mate healed, that he might walk? And this bloke said, son, your sins are forgiven. It's not what they're expecting, is it? It's not quite what they were hoping for. See, all these people, they've come to see miracles, to see these amazing things. And yes, Jesus does them. But what Jesus is concerned with is his life. Jesus is concerned with his life. That's the point. You see, the gospel is this. And maybe this is the first time you've heard the good news of Jesus. That's what the gospel kind of goes into. Gospel, good news. Is that God loves you. Like, that's it. God loves you. But you know, we all mess up. We've all got brokenness. We've all got things. We know we see it in our relationships with people, right? Most often. We call that sin where we put myself in the middle. I, sin, S-I-N, put myself in the middle. It's about me. No to your ways, God, I'm doing my own thing. But Jesus, God takes the initiative. He says, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to rescue you. Not because of anything you've done, no works that you do will ever save you. Only Jesus. And Jesus comes because of love to this earth and he dies upon a cross, a death that he doesn't deserve, so that you and me, Maybe free. And that's what Jesus is cons- concerned with here. Seeing his friends, Jesus says their faith, because of their faith, the collective, the five of them, he's healed. And that really challenged me. You know, like I spend most of my days kind of going around thinking about church, thinking about uh, how do I talk about Jesus with people. But if I'm honest, I was like, How does this work for me? Like, is my faith, am I living it in such a way that my friends are seeing Jesus and they want to know more about him? Like, is my faith bringing my mates to Jesus? Am I courageous enough? Am I being bold enough to bring my friends to Jesus? Do I see the need to share? There's this awesome guy called Chris McBurney. He used to lead uh, Hannah's Christian Union at Canterbury. Uh, And he, he told this story. And his mate came to him, and his mate was so angry with him. And Chris had no idea why. See, Chris had become a Christian at uni a couple of years before, hadn't grown up in church, became a Christian. And his mate came to him, but was furious. I was like, how can you believe that I'm going to die, that the consequence of sin is death? That's what the Bible tells us. But yet, you know the way out. You know Jesus can rescue me, and you can't be bothered. I was going to say another word. You can't be bothered to tell me about it. Like, How can you say you love me and be a faithful friend and not tell me about the one who's going to save me? I don't know what happened with a follow-up conversation, but it's challenging, right? And often as Christians, for those of us who are Christians here in the room, I think we try and overcomplicate it. We try and kind of talking about Jesus, we overcomplicate it and we... We add these layers of ourself into it, which kind of, you know, our own anxieties. When actually the gospel is really simple. It's a person. It's Jesus who loves you. And wants a relationship with you. And we get to introduce people, to help people understand more of this amazing man who loves us. And wants to give us freedom. And the only one who can we have these, this awesome couple, beautiful people uh, in our community. Uh, and they, they're a couple. They've been coming along for about a year or so. Uh, they've got multiple children. Multiple, let's go with that. They've got multiple children. Um, and they, last week, at Families at Four, which is the service, the congregation that Hannah and I lead. It's messy. It's great fun. Any uh, the afternoon. They brought along uh, three other families from their, from their block of flats they live in that's next door to us. And we were like, hang on a second, like, you know, we did the nice, Ah, how are you doing? Nice to meet you. Have you come? Like, have you heard about us? And they'd be like, oh, we're friends with these people. Um, And they've told us about it. See, for them, they understand Jesus. They understand that what Jesus has done for them, they're like, hey, we're going to bring as many people along as we can. And that's the call for us. So I wonder, for you and for me as well, right, if you're a Christian here this morning, What are the kind of the metaphorical ruse, if you like, that you need to break through? What are the the metaphorical ruse that you need to break through to bring your friends to Jesus? Maybe it's a fear. Maybe it's a fear of like, are they going to think I'm stupid? Like, How can they believe that? You know, craziness. Or maybe it's a thing of a fear of uh, being called out for being a hypocrite. Maybe if you're honest, like Monday to Friday looks drastically different to a Sunday morning. And you're kind of struggling with that. Do you know there's grace upon grace for you as there is for everyone else? All right? Don't let that stop you from talking and sharing Jesus. Let's work it out. Maybe it's a thing about materialism. If you're honest, you're like, my life's sorted. Their life's probably sorted. It's okay. Maybe it's a, a thing of Jesus. Actually, it's just a little bit of extracurricular, if you're honest. Church is just a thing that you do on a Sunday. That's not what we're called to, people. We're called to our life, to follow Jesus in faith, on an adventure with him. Maybe you're thinking, you know, in our pluralistic society, like, it's my personal faith. It's my faith. I'm sorry, people, but and your faith was never meant to be about you. It's all for the glory of God and for the glory of the Father and the others May come to know the wonderful truth of Jesus. Hey, we're going to take a minute, just a moment, to pause. And maybe one of those things, if you're a Christian here, is kind of clocked for you. Maybe it's like, yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing that I'm struggling with that I need to work through. We're just going to take a moment to bring that to our mind and, and ask God's Spirit just to fill us afresh that we might uh, be filled with a, a spirit of boldness this week. Let's just take a moment before we continue. So you've got these mates, these four lads, and they're looking down. And there's Dave lying on his mat, forgiving of his sins. And they're like, well, is that it? Can you imagine the scene (laughs) being like, oh, well, he still can't walk though, can he? Um, (laughs) That kind of bit. And then we read on. If you want to read with me, I'm going from verse six down to the end. And it says, now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. They're talking about Jesus, right? Um, Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man, that's Jesus, has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, Get up, take your mat, and walk. So the man took up his mat and walked out in full view of them. This amazed everyone. And they praise God saying, we have never seen anything like this before. Oh man, can you imagine the conversations of those mates as they walked home together? Wouldn't that be flipping awesome? Love that. But you see, the teachers were right. The teachers were right. Only God can forgive sins. And that's the thing. Jesus isn't kind of a a nice guy. He isn't a prophet. He isn't someone that we kind of, you know, might aspire to be like. In fact, we should do that. But he is the Son of God. He is the living Word, the living Son of the, risen, of the Lord. That's who he is. And the teachers were right. Only he can forgive sins. So Jesus gives them these two options. He says, number one, what's easier for me to say to this man, get up and walk? Or, other way around, your sins are forgiven. Or get up and walk. And Jesus doesn't even give them time to answer. He says to the man, go, take up your mat and walk. And the people praised. Ah, so good. And you see, as this man takes up his mat, so Jesus takes up his cross. See, we can know freedom and life forever because Jesus has the courage and the boldness to take up his cross, to humble himself. The Lord of Lords and King of Kings comes down to be a servant and he takes up his cross. There's a beautiful Bible verse in John 15, 13. It's one of my favorites. And it says, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Let me say that again. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. See, friends, that's what Jesus does for you. That's what Jesus does for me. He gives his life that we might be free because of love. You're loved. You're loved. You are loved. God loves you. May you know it more. God loves you. And do you know what? God doesn't just love you. He loves your friends. He loves the people that you work with, your colleagues. He loves the person that you uh, run past on the tube trying to catch it. Someone slamming the door. Um, he, he loves those people uh, that maybe just, if you're honest, really wind you up and get on your last nerve. He loves them also. He died for them too. See, when we encounter Jesus, it's never just about ourselves. It's for all of us, for all people to hear. See, the lads, they broke through a roof, but Jesus, he broke into their hearts. The lads broke through a roof, but Jesus broke into their hearts. The man takes up his mat, but Jesus takes up his cross. And he invites us to come and follow him in faith. Our sin gone, made alive forever, starting right now. And he says, hey, as you walk with me on this journey, your life's going to be changed in ways that you would never dream or imagine. You're going to be transformed more and more into the likeness of Christ. Yes, Ezra, we are. We're going to be sanctified and made holy, those who are already holy before him. So I have two challenges for us today as we come into land. The first one, if you're here and this is the first time you've heard this, or maybe you've heard it multiple times, but if you're honest, it's never really landed. You've heard about this Jesus guy, you're like, he's a nice bloke. Uh, You know, he did some nice things we have never really understood that this Jesus guy, he is the one who brings life and transformation. He is the Lord God Almighty who comes to save you because he loves you. He wants to encounter you today. In John 8, 36, it says, So if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Let's pray for a breakthrough today for you. And then secondly, uh, if, you, if you do know that, you know this Jesus, you've been walking with him, then I want to invite you and challenge you. To go deeper with him. You know, you can't keep it to yourself. The truth of the gospel cannot be contained. Let's go. Let's pray for the spirit to fall afresh on us this morning. That we might be emboldened and sent out with this gospel truth. That we might share it with all of ourselves for the glory of God. Let's pray for breakthrough. Why don't you stand with me? And at Beacon, we do this thing. Where at the end of a talk, there's nothing magical about it, um, but kind of as as you're going to receive a gift, right, you'd put your hands out, yeah? So it's kind of a a physical way of saying, hey God, I'm open to you, do me what you will. So I'm just going to stand, I invite you to do it if you want to, if you feel comfortable, just put your hands out in front of you. And we're going to take a few moments, Mary's just going to tinkle underneath, uh, just to fill the space so it's not too awkward. And we're going to invite the Spirit to come and meet with us. And we're going to ask him to break through. Maybe to take those things that we need taking out of our hands as we have them open. Or maybe to lay in us something that we haven't uh, had before. Something that he wants to to lay on us this morning. So let's take a few moments just before him. Holy Spirit, come and do your work. welcome you here.